0: You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my job. Uh, you know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, you know, I'm only focused on trying to make the thing better. Are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this glorious and momentous occasion, episode 50 of the Hot Take Hot Box. Just wanted to take a second. Thank you always for listening. Uh, I'm going to keep doing them. I don't care if there's a thousand, a million, or three listeners. I love doing them, like I always say, and I'm going to continue to do them. We got a nice episode today. We got a little bit to talk about. I I wanted to sneak in here before the weekend. Talk a little Sixers, Flyers uh, with a six-goal performance last night against the Bruins. Sixers win their, their season opener, not their home opener, against the New Orleans Pelicans. Home opener is Friday night, and we got an Eagles game this weekend heading to Las Vegas against the Raiders, which they fortunately have been able to sneak under the radar with all this Ben Simmons stuff, which we will start the show off with. For all my loyal Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast listeners, that episode will be out tomorrow. You can blame Ty. He, this man is a busy man. He had some stuff to take care of, but we will have an episode this week previewing all the, all the necessary picks for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, last kind of slow weekend before we pick up a couple big fight weekends with 267 and 268, I believe, coming up. One from Abu Dhabi and one from Madison Square Garden. Lots of big news in the sporting world. A lot, a lot of big moments for the Hot Take Hot Box coming up here in the future, but like I said, we will start with Ben Simmons and the drama surrounding the Sixers as always. I guess we we'll start in the front and we'll go back. We'll start more with the game and how the Sixers looked last night cuz we don't 25 doesn't uh, we don't owe 25 to talk about him first. Last night Sixers took care of business, dude. They they beat a Pelicans team that did not have Zion Williamson. Beat him pretty handily, one didn't need a ton of minutes from Embiid, who only wound up playing 25, but was dominant in in that time that he played. He noticed a lot more of the ball handling, and it seemed like Embiid played with a little bit more freedom than he has. uh, Then I guess I'm accustomed to seeing him play with having to give Simmons the ball and let Simmons run the point. There was a little bit more freedom for him to... Maybe run a little bit more, Jokic, sort of point center, and operate from the top and, and handle the ball coming up the floor. And wasn't scared to shoot threes, even though he shot three of them. It just seemed like he was. Uh, it was more of a threat. And he, I don't know, just the offense looked much better without Simmons, which we thought it would. And seemed like the defense. You know, we didn't play exactly a great team. That's why I'm more excited to see what they look like Friday night against the team that you know they're. They're obviously going to be battling with all season long, and if they plan on doing anything in the playoffs, that's a team that they're going to have to run up against and beat. They have no Kyrie Irving, obviously. We have no Ben Simmons, and, you know, it's all, it's all relative and whatnot. It's still the second game of the season, but it's always like, you know, I, we will echo on this podcast time and time again. It's always good to see uh, where your team stacks up and always good to measure yourself against the greatest teams in the league. And the best teams around and we get a chance to do that Friday night. I don't, I mean, I obviously don't think we're as good or, you know, obviously we're not more talented than maybe that team, but I do think once we are able to move on from 25 and get not even the the superstar whatever, you can argue about the return, but whatever they return is. It just has to be somebody that you can plug into your lineup, and whether they come off the bench or they start, they need to be able to help us, especially come April, and be able to be a, a key rotational piece. That's all we need. We, you can just tell this team is just missing. Uh, it just has a little bit of a hole right in the middle of the lineup, and it's kind of hard to explain. I don't know who you're going to – I mean, I, lo- I love the shooting last night. I got hot in that third quarter. They was tied at halftime, so they – the game was much closer than maybe the score indicates, but they, they just got nuclear hot in the second half, and that's all it takes. I mean, Maxi looked great. 27-5, and 8-14 from the field. I mean, I'm trying to see how many turnovers. Only one turnover? You know, the, the the team did not turn the ball over as much. Drummond had four turnovers, and he only played, what, 19 minutes? Had 17 boards off the bench, though, so... He he showed himself to be the valuable piece that we hoped we were getting, and just a backup center that could spell and beat some minutes. He played big minutes in that fourth, and we were just able to keep Embiid on the bench and, and rest him, which is obviously going to be huge if we're not going to have Simmons or other guys to lean on. Tobias looked good the, uh, last night. What did he have twenty and twelve? Yeah. Everyone, the the usual suspects played well. Danny Green did not have a great game, but again, first game. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to kill anyone or praise anyone for too great of a performance although it was good to see Cork. Cork looked good. The three was banging. Niang, George Niang, he looked good. Uh, Isaiah Joe didn't score but he got a little bit of burn with some 12 minutes. So I mean I think like I said once you trade Simmons this team uh, you know we're not going to get an accurate a depiction or an accurate accurately able to measure ourselves you know although i just got done saying it's a good measuring stick game it, it is still but it won't be an accurate representation of what this team will be uh, neither for that team too i i understand all that but i'm just saying this team is very it could very well look different in a couple weeks or a month or in december in january and february and I, I i feel much better about the team than maybe i did Two months ago, three months ago, or or even last week when we were talking about how this, you know, Simmons is gonna bring us down and we're gonna be nothing without him and all the all the different talks and we're gonna forget how valuable he was, and we probably will, but it was good this to, to watch the benefits of not having a or having a point guard that isn't offensively deficient, who actually has the ability to put the ball on the floor and go to the rack or participate in a little bit of a pick and roll or maybe you have to respect him off the dribble and he might shoot it in your face and bang it adds a whole different element and it was it was good to see now I guess we should move on to a uh, little bit of the Ben drama Ben Simmons did not play in the game on Wednesday night due to the fact that he was suspended for one game for conduct detrimental to the team after being kicked out of practice by Doc Rivers when this is all alleged and reported, so, uh, you know, don't take it for fact. You know, obviously, you can decide what you want. It sounds believable to me. He asked them to participate in a defensive drill. Ben said no. He asked him again, Ben, get out, get your ass over here, get in the drill. Ben said no. He said, well, then you can go home. And the man dropped the basketball, and he went home. Today, he shows up to the facility for an individual, or he skips his individual workout, he shows up and then leaves, and his status is still very much unclear whether he will play tomorrow. obviously you know I you can't put him in there uh, i don't I don't know what the ultimate resolution to this is in my mind, I think you're eventually just going to have to pay him and tell him to go away so that you can focus on the guys that are here. I know that's not what people want to hear, and that's not what I want to say or or hear. But the longer this man's here, the longer he, the, the more he's just going to create a distraction, and it's just going di- to divert our attention and the team's attention from the ultimate goal, which is getting better every day and focusing on winning games and the guys who are here. I know they say that they, it's much easier said than done to be focused on that when you're constantly being asked these questions and you're this this black cloud, this energy sucking vampire. As uh, I think I saw Jamie Lynch on Twitter, shout out to Jamie Lynch saying, which is so true. Just this black cloud hanging over the team of Ben Simmons, and I think it's going to be an amazing feeling and and a uniting feeling when we're finally able to get rid of him, get whatever we get for him, and just the whole team and city can come together and, and unite behind the team, and um, unite behind our hatred of Ben Simmons mostly, which we already pretty much have. But and it's amazing to see all these different athletes, you know, especially the Eagles fans and or not the Eagles fans, the Eagles players, Kelsey, Ertz on the way out just talking about how like stoop just just dumb the situation is and how like they they resent the fact that especially Jason Kelsey says that like Philly is not a hard place to play it's pretty easy better than playing in a place like Jacksonville where they don't care it's been crazy to watch the way this has devolved and just eroded this this uh, relationship between the two Obviously the stories and the rumors of those two not being not liking each other and not being able to play with each other Although all the defenders wanted to shoot it down and say, you know, maybe they were friendly, but obviously they don't even have the Enough respect for each other to even talk when they're in the building and patch it up. It's not obviously basketball It's not business Ben Simmons doesn't like us. He doesn't like Joel Embiid. He doesn't like Doc Rivers and He obviously doesn't have any respect for any of those other guys I, I don't know who. You know, maybe people are still talking to him and whatnot, but he hasn't even. He didn't even pretend to care. He Couldn't even put his hand in on it on, on when the team was, you know, breaking huddle and first one off the floor. He couldn't even fake it. it, it it's it, it's kind. It's very childish and just amazing to me. Got Adam Silver basically coming out and saying that if he, you know, this isn't good for Ben because people aren't going to want to play with him in the future. And Charles is saying how, you know, they what can the cba or the nba do in the future to maybe stop or or prevent something like this from happening because you you can't just have people signing four-year five-year 150 200 million dollar contracts and then the next year or next day say "Mm, i don't want to do this anymore you have to pay me and trade me or pay me not to play and i just won't i just won't care or i won't try anymore just being held hostage by these athletes which he claims that we have some leverage which i guess we are exercising right now in making him come to work making him participate and if you're not going to participate to the level that is you know expected you'll be sent home and you won't be paid i do think it's not good for the team to just have this around obviously but you know this is this is it this is the situation that we're in it sounds like they want to wait until December or January to trade these guys when, when the contracts from the guys that were signed in the off season this this past summer become uh, eligible to be traded. There's a like a ninety ninety day or there's a certain window of uh, time before you can trade these guys that were just signed. So I I don't know if this is going to be resolved anytime soon. It seems like it's going to be a game of cat and mouse at least here in the beginning. But I do think at a certain point you're going to have to move on, you know, maybe not, that doesn't mean necessarily trade him, but move on from the, the petty battle back and forth over this money. And you're, I, I just feel like you're eventually going to have to pay him to just get him to go away because he's going to do whatever it takes to get that money. I, I, I don't know. I don't think you're going to win. I don't think this bat you're going to win this battle where he's going to stop coming and just go away and accept the fact that You know, he's not going to get this money and he's he's stuck here in Philly for uh, Until the Sixers in the front office decide that they you know get a package of whatever whatever whatever, you know I'm sure everyone all of us involved can't wait for this to be over Uh, It gives me something to talk about but I want to move on I want to talk about I want to be excited about the team I want to worry about strictly what's going on on the floor what you know? How are we gonna? Are we growing? Can we win? You know, not maybe not win a title. You know, right now it's hard to see that. But when you have a guy like Joel Embiid, I refuse to just give up on uh, the chance of winning a title or give up on the how good our team could be and whatnot. I will always ride or die with number twenty-one, and I'm glad he ha- has in my mind rectified uh, the blaming the fans, and I think he was his, you know, trying to have Simmons back and everyone has you know seemingly Simmons hasn't had anyone else's back so why the fuck should anyone have his back basically and you can argue back and forth well Joel started it and Joel Joel said this and Joel said that oh after the after the game he hurt his feelings or oh my god he said this he said that I mean grow up dude Ben is just, no matter what you say, you can blame you can blame anyone else. This is Ben Simmons's fault. His teammates, you know, you can blame Joel at the very end of the game. But how long can you possibly back somebody up when they don't have your back? I see people in the national media and and uh, just the, all these morons uh, across across all all avenues of media saying, "Well." The, the the fan base and, and beating all them, they jumped off, they jumped ship at the first opportunity they could. When things went bad, they turned their back on him, and it, that's that. You know, it, it it's not really his fault. They they never really embraced him, and that I mean, come on, man, how they were we, we all were begging for this guy to either shoot or just. We 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 defended him against all of the Rob Perez's of the world and just the people who the Knicks fans and all the different other people. Oh, he doesn't shoot. Anything we'd say, he doesn't need to shoot. He's a good enough player. He can. He's such a great defensive player. He's six ten. He's a point guard. He's a guy incredible that you know all the things we said before, which are true. They can be true when he wants them to be. But he has never had our back. He has never tried to prove us right. He's only worried about Ben Simmons, and and Ben Simmons looking cool, and Ben Simmons not looking that bad out on the floor, not being embarrassed, picking up chicks and cashing checks. Hey man, more power to you. That's fine. Don't want you on the basketball team. Go do that shit somewhere else. Cleveland, Minnesota, go somewhere where they don't give a fuck, you know, and just do it. Just be gone. Because them Cleveland boys, they don't give a shit now that LeBron's gone. And Minnesota has been irrelevant since I- I've been in fucking diapers. So It'll be a glorious day when we can stop talking about 25 the same way it was a glorious day when we stopped talking about 11. They used to wear midnight green. Did want to read a tweet from Kyle Newbeck, which perfectly in my mind sums up this whole situation and echoes my opinion almost to a T. It says, I would respect the... Quote Embiid threw Ben under the bus after Game Seven argument. And I should should I say end quote there. Game after Game Seven end quote argument for Simmons's approach. If anyone making it acknowledged that Simmons said, "I am who I am. It is what it is." I'll never forget that. And how many assists did I have? And what did Trey shoot before Joel talked after Game Seven? And all the people remember, all of his defenders, all they will say is, well, he said, I have to be better. I mean, literally the bare minimum, him saying that. And and you just know, you know, never to believe a fucking liar and a narcissist the way Ben Simmons is because he doesn't think he's ever done anything wrong. He doesn't think any of this is his fault. He's never been held accountable in his entire life, probably. So why why would he why why is he gonna let a bunch of Neanderthals from Philadelphia hold him accountable? That's what he thinks. We're just a bunch of assholes who hate on him. Look how good he is. That we should be graced by his presence. We're so lucky to have him. The second tweet says probably a separate discussion, but reading broader reaction to this ordeal, there are a lot of people who increasingly seem to think being pro-player means. Treating athletes in team sports like tennis players with no obligations or responsibilities to teammates—dumb. Which I, I absolutely agree with. I, I don't know necessarily, you know, the whatever about tennis and no obligations or responsibility to teammate. I mean, that is uh, how some people treat. They should be worried about themselves, and you know, you got to take care of you. Everyone else is taking care of themselves. You hear that sometimes on the on the different TV shows, but I do think some of these guys are being paid. There's no way you could be out there backing Ben Simmons this hard or supporting the things that he's doing without receiving a paycheck because you can't look at it objectively and think that he's in the right. As objectively as I could possibly look at it, if I were him, yeah, I probably would feel a certain way if my teammates and my coach were saying those things after, but again, I would have to look inside and say, why are they saying these things? I would know myself that I would be embarrassed at the way I played. First thing you should have gone to the thing is to just say, yeah, this one's on me. Whether it is, whether you believe that or not, just say it. This is on me, guys. I, I, let, I let our team down. I let our city down. I let myself down. I got to be better next year. I, I, I did, you know, The free throw thing, it, it got to me. I just, you know, I, I couldn't adjust. I I just went to the line and I just couldn't. I don't even know. I don't even know what you could say to make anyone feel good about that. But maybe honesty, whatever it was. I just I, I couldn't mentally. It was a mental block for me shooting free throws. And I I've done all the work this offseason to rectify that. Fans will probably still use. You might get some booze, but. All it takes is a, a, a transition dunk or him to, him to jump a pass and go down there and dunk, pump his chest, send, send a nose flaring emoji out, and everyone would get back behind him. These people are very simple in, in the way that Jason Kelsey said. Run hard to first base. If you're a baseball player, you run hard to first base, first base, you get the love from everybody forever. You saw the way they shot Chase Utley, Bale, even when he didn't get his knees taken care of, all the different stuff that you want to talk about. That man played hard every single day. He was out there on the floor, and the people will identify that with that no matter what. And Simmons has shown, the he's written the handbook for what, what not to do to ingratiate yourself to a fan base. He's selling his $5 million house in Moorestown now. So, I mean... Hopefully, this is all over soon enough. He can look for a nice house in uh, in, in the Cleveland area or uh, Minnesota. Might want to get a couple more fur coats. It is cold in the winter there. Maybe he can play with Carl Anthony Towns' his buddy. But, you know, let, let's can't wait to put that in the past. I don't think he plays tomorrow. I don't think he shows up. I, I want to say all that. Yeah, That's, you know, a foregone conclusion in my mind. He will never uh, accept responsibility or accept the consequences of having to go out in front of them fans and be booed. It's over. That's over with. Him basically getting himself kicked out of practice shows you he doesn't even want to talk to the media. Or maybe the Sixers don't want him to talk to me. I haven't figured out which one it is, but it's just an ugly, ugly mess. hope the team can maybe win <clears throat> maybe the guys can come together and and say fuck that guy and fuck all the noise outside we're just focused on what's going on in here and winning cool to see Embiid's like going on uh, team dinners and stuff now he said he when he first started playing he used to just like you know go into his uh hotel room and playing video games and like kind of being by himself but seeing as he's like the leader of the team he's got to be the you know He's got to play that role of bringing everyone together and, you know, the team bonding and, you know, different experiences that he says will bring them closer. So I love to see it. I love to see the growth in Joel, a player who's constantly gotten better both on and off the floor. He's grown not only as a leader, but as a man and as just a just a teammate and all that. Ben on the opposite side or on the other hand, not so much. He hasn't grown much as a player. Obviously, still has the same stunted mindset as a as a as a person, and as an athlete, he'll go down as one of the most disappointing athletes in Philadelphia history. And one, of, I mean, he's not necessarily a bust in the traditional traditional sense of the term, but what a disappointment. And he's going out as sad as he possibly can and good riddance Good riddance to a guy who I knew this was coming. Anyone who watched the documentary knew what kind of guy this was The winning aspect and the team and all that shit is not really his concern And now you're seeing it manifest itself at the highest level and at the you know for the worst possible scenario, which is our team and our season now it just has a big old black cloud and the same way he's moved on i'm moving on right now and hopefully we can all move on as a fan base soon enough flyers quick quick segue flyers have been getting it done since i last talked back-to-back games with six goals one game against the Kraken. Welcome to the welcome to the uh, league, the Kraken. Who take a fat l against us six to one, and then the Bruins come to town last night, and we took care of business with another six three victory. Where it was kind of back and forth until we took control in that third period. Cam Atkinson has been a huge addition. Seems like the Flyers have guys who can shove the puck in the net. They are very deep, and I think that's just only going to be a problem when uh, you know more of a problem when Hayes comes back. The the defense looks great. Uh Risto Linen, or however you say his name, I'll let the I'll let the Puckheads take care of that for me, but the defensive pairings have been nice. Keith Yandel, Justin Braun, Travis Sandheim, Rasmus Ristolainen, uh Ivan Provorov and Ryan Ellis is just a beast top uh, defensive pairing. Second line has been awesome with Joel Farabee and and uh Derek Brassard in the middle which they, it seems like they're going to throw Hayes right in there and Rumor is November-ish, so I would assume right around Thanksgiving you seem to get him back. But hockey guys are amazing with the injuries. It, whatever it is, it's not humanly possible to come back from. They just come back from... I hope they take their time with him, though, because he, he, he said... I, I watched him on the Dave Portnoy show. He had an interview, and he said that his he ripped the, the muscles right off his pelvic bone, which sounds extremely painful and, and, and very important if you plan on playing sports. So I hope that he just takes his time and lets that rest, but love my Flyers, man. My Flyers, my orange and black have looked incredible so far this season. They're very exciting. Carter Hart and Martin Jones have each gotten wins. Like I said, the, the, the switching of Voracek for Atkinson has been awesome. Joel Farabee is just getting better and better with each, you know, with each game. You got JVR on the third line with Oscar Lindblom and Scott Louton. I mean, it just, they're a very, very deep team. I love that fourth line too. So, Love my flyers, love my boys. Let's see what they got coming up this week. We have a game at home on Saturday night against the Panthers, and then we go Wednesday night at the Oilers, which will be a great a great game at ten o'clock or out west in Edmonton. So then Canucks, and uh, we 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 stay up in Canada there for a little bit. So. We will only have this Panther game to talk about on Monday when I return for the Hot Take Hot Box HTHB podcast. So I look forward to it. We'll obviously have some Simmons and Embiid and Sixers talk to talk about. We'll have an Eagles game, which we are about to get into very quickly. Baseball rages on. The Braves are one game away from the World Series. Uh, Astros are clapping the Red Sox up and down. But I'm sure Nick Sirianni loves... And the Eagles love this attention being taken off their team where, I mean, earlier in the weekend, Jay Glazer having to come out and say, no, no, Sirianni's not on the hot seat. He's not a one-and-done coach, which is even bad if you have to come out and shoot reports of that down six games into your first year. Raiders are three-point favorites at home. Birds. Haven't been able to get their offense going early on in these games. I that that's the big thing I'm looking forward to in the in this game I, I if I'm was here to give you a key a couple key things Can we run the ball will we run the ball not only can we will we run the ball or at least attempt to Will we be able to get our offense going early on not only just score maybe one touchdown early in the game But maybe we could put up double digits in the first three quarters. That would be a step in the right direction I should say and and just can the defense continue to hold up their end of the bargain I'm curious November 2nd is the trade deadline in the NFL and I'm very curious to see what the Eagles do whether they are sellers or you know I'm not they're not gonna buy but whether they keep a couple of these guys to maybe uh, maybe make a run or I, I don't know but There's a lot of guys uh, on this team who, you know, maybe even like a a guy like Miles Sanders, who we talk about each week on this podcast, how he doesn't get the ball enough and that they need to give him the ball. Maybe they they move on from him. Give it, you know, center the offense around Kenny Gamewell. Like it seems like they want to. They don't even run the ball anyway, so don't have to worry about him running in the tackles and whatnot. Maybe get something for him before it's too late. Maybe somebody calls for Fletcher Cox. I was reading some uh, a bleeding green nation article that they were saying that if someone calls they should listen and I do 100% agree they definitely should listen to anybody calling for Fletcher Cox or any of our older players cuz it's would be a disservice to us if we can get something for them even more draft capital to you know maybe trade or maybe actually use to build our team seems as though the Eagles are back involved in in the uh Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, although I don't buy it much when he's already said he doesn't want to come here But it seems like Howie won't let it go and he'll continue to chase it because the Dolphins the, 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 the new rumor or the story this past week was that the Dolphins are heating up their uh, trade talks with the Houston Texans to try and get Deshaun Watson and if it doesn't happen this week that they want it to happen before the trade deadline, November second. That this is from John McClain at the Houston Chronicle. So anybody knows John McClain, he's a, a Hall of Fame uh, beat writer for just the, the Houston football. You know a- anything Houston football related, or uh, that that's a guy you can trust. and during the Bill O'Brien, any anything, uh, uh, any sort of scandal down there, or what's going on. You know, if I'm just a guy in Philly and I know who you are, you must be in, you must be incredible at your job. And John McClain is incredibly, always seemingly has the right information or the, you know, about as plugged in as you possibly can be. This is a part of a Philly Voice article by Matt Mullen. I want to read a little bit of a quote that was taken from a uh, Houston Chronicle article by John McClain. The Texans could finally be getting closer to trading quarterback Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins, a team they play November 7th. Even though the NFL trading deadline is until November 2nd, isn't until November 2nd, a deal could go down this week according to people familiar with the negotiations. If the Texans and Dolphins are unable to consummate a trade this week, they might or they want to get it done by the league's deadline. The Dolphins have been talking to the Texans about Watson off and on for months, and those talks have intensified into serious negocia- n- negotiations. I, my grandma says that a couple of times. Is it negotiations or is it negotiations or does she just not know how to say it? I don't know, but I'm gonna go negotiations and just chalk that up as I fuck that up. After losing to the Jackson or after losing to Jacksonville in London, their fifth consecutive loss, the Dolphins seem more determined to finally execute the Watson trade. And it doesn't do them any good to continue to lose and tank, obviously, because we have their pick. So they're going to try and be as good as possible. They have no incentive to be bad. So, you know, it obviously wouldn't be good for us if they get Deshaun Watson in regards to that specific, those, you know, that specific pick. But having three first-round picks is having three first-round picks. They already have five losses, and I don't know how much better they would possibly get this year. But it's obviously better if we have two out there losing games than Deshaun Watson. He goes on to say a little more. The Houston Chronicle first reported on Wednesday that a trade... This is from The Athletic, actually. I'm sorry. The Houston Chronicle first reported on Wednesday that a trade for Watson could be coming this week. The Texans have been asking teams for three first-round picks and two or three more assets, including a collection of picks or players, according to a source, which I think the Eagles could definitely do, in addition to the Dolphins. Not they think. They definitely could do that if they wanted to, or could if he wants to come here. In addition to the Dolphins... The Texans have had recent discussions with the Carolina Panthers and the Philadelphia Eagles, according to sources. However, the seriousness of those discussions, ranging from a casual conversation to a actual trade negotiation, hasn't been disclosed. So, like I said, it's it's big time up on you know, uh, you know. Jay Glazer has said we're not in the mix at this time. So uh, I, I I tend to lean that way. I don't maybe we're we're you know hunting around or fishing around for. The possibility of getting him which I still don't think makes sense right now seeing as his legal troubles are continuing to rage on and we have a quarterback that we are in an active audition with for a whole season and I'd like to see our coach maybe give him more of a fair shot like I talked about last episode so not in love with that I'm not in love with getting a quarterback right now or trading for him right now before the trade deadline if that Especially even if he doesn't want to come here, it'd be different if Deshaun Watson wanted to come here and wasn't, you know, uh, what reports weren't already coming out that he's not willing to waive his no trade clause to come here. I I don't want anything to do with you. If you're not all in, then you're all out. Learn that from Simmons. We've learned that from all these other players, and at some point, we actually have to honor that and live by it. And I'm not, I'm not in a rush to get that. You know, whatever the fucking. I don't know whatever word you want to call for it, call him, but sex offender or freak or whatever it is, feel free to use it because that's what that that's what the Sean Watson is and that's what he's allegedly being accused of. And I don't I don't want to trade for a guy with all that hanging over his head, uh, you know, especially if the if you're not even getting a, a discount or a deal on it, You're still having to trade him three first round picks and all this. So no, sign, so count me out. For all the reasons I just listed, Eagles, I, I I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to win. I, I don't I that minus three is a little fishy, so I, I wouldn't be if I, if I'm a gambling man. I, I wouldn't I would feel good about playing that plus three. The Raiders have their own situation going on, and they, they were able to bounce back last week, but can they sustain that? Can they continue to perform amidst the Turmoil that was just going on in the past weeks. So I don't know. They're back. They're at home. They have all the weapons. They looked good last week. The Broncos are not a good team. All the defensive weapons in the world, but they just you know Teddy field goal water in in at quarterback and injuries to a couple. You know Bradley Chubb out and why do I care about the Broncos? But Main point being, I feel good about the Eagles going into this weekend. I do think that this is a game that can definitely win. And going back to that trade, the sellers or buyers situation, this is a game where it's kind of a make or break at two and four. If you want some of these guys to stick around, some of these older guys or, or some of the fringe guys, maybe a Steven Nelson who might be a candidate for a trade in the near future, you want to win this game. You want your your front office and, and the the management to believe in in your guy's ability to maybe not necessarily make the playoffs, but build and be a competitive football team. Then winning a game like this on Sunday is would go miles and leaps and bounds to giving confidence to front office to maybe go out of peace or keep the keep the ship the same or whatever it is that they are deciding or haven't decided to do. Ladies and gentlemen, that'll about wrap it up, though, for this weekend's, uh, you know, for this weekend preview of the Hot Take Hot Box. I always thank you for joining. Like I said, we will have a Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast out to talk about Paulo Costa basically just saying he's not going to make weight this weekend and his fight against Marvin Vittori, which was supposed to be a 185 sort of title eliminator. We will now get into all the picks and how does the the odds shift and what does the weight the change of weight mean for the your betting and we'll have all that information tomorrow all the news tomorrow everything you could possibly need for the hot take hot box shoulder strikes MMA podcast will be out tomorrow today this is the hot take hot box sports podcast which needs no further introduction episode 50 I thank you always for joining me.